I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where now the NBA fully is ready with their plan to return. Everything looks great. Drew Brees, we told you he was going to apologize. He apologized. Did he really? Then he passed the baton to Jake Fromm and said, okay, Jake Fromm, now it's your turn. Good luck. I I don't know the apology that everybody accepted. We'll get into it as we go. I, I I don't know that he really... 
apologize for what everybody was mad at him. But yes, Fromm uh, certainly has taken the baton uh, and run with that. But we've got basketball coming back, Smith. We got lots of great things, and really the NBA today, look, we'll get into the Drew Brees situation, because Drew Brees and Jake Fromm really are interlocked and joined out there. And you want me to go to Florida State as well with that crazy story today. Oh, no. Uh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's some insane stuff that we're going to get to coming up in 20 minutes. But, hey, the big news of the day it's it's a great day. The NBA has approved their 22-team format when they resume the NBA season, and everything is what we have been told the past few days. Not a lot of new information, but it was just confirmed. 13 teams from the Western Conference, nine teams from the East are going to play eight regular season seeding games. So it's like we're going to play eight games, and then wherever the teams finish, they finish. As long as teams are within four games of the eighth playoff spot, there will be some kind of play-in tournament involving those teams. Is that the absolute fairest thing to do? No, but it is the fairest way considering what we have to deal with. So that's what we're going to have. We're going to move on to the playoffs. They're going to play the playoffs. The NBA season is scheduled to end October 12th. And then about a month and a half later, following the draft, following uh, uh, moving on in free agency, we're going to start the season again early on in December. So we're not going to take a big break. It's not going to go to the beginning of the year. That's what the NBA has decided. Once again, we got 22 teams going to Orlando to play when they start. July 31st are the the first set of games. Eight regular season games. It's going to take about a little over two weeks to play these games possibly a play-in series if not to the playoffs the season ends then we have the draft we have free agency and then we get right back into the season which is going to begin again starting sometime in December and you know I say it all the time Mike is that you know why my wife and I get along so well she's a perfectionist and I'm someone that says you know what we got to decide this is the best it can be with what we have the time frame and the constraints we're working under and this NBA plan is about as good as it can be is it perfect no but is it about as good as it can can be yeah i would say of 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 the upset teams that didn't get invited maybe the eight seed is going to be upset they wouldn't normally have to play in a play-in series but they're going to that's just going to happen by and large i think this plan by the nba that was approved 29 to 1 the blazers the only team that was you know sitting back saying hey we don't know about this uh, this is a pretty good plan yeah, I mean, for the Blazers, they stand up and say, hey, we're, we potentially get jobbed here because you kept inviting more and more people to the party on our side of the bracket, you know, failing to recognize that, you know, eventually everybody just, you know, mashes. Uh, but, yeah, you you have 13 from the Western Conference. We get our Zion appearance that everybody thought and needed uh, in this process, but nothing was going to be perfect, right? As we've talked about for weeks, you're picking from bad scenarios, Right. All of it is compromised. All of it requires some thought and focus and a big wall of grids of opportunities and what it's going to cost you and how do you house folks and and all of the logistics. Right. Because as much as you want to get the basics buttoned up without the rest of it in support, you're you're still just spinning your wheels. Right. Because those are other items that the Players Association would have to come back and, and either battle on or, or approve. So the fact that you've gotten to this point in the process, absolutely huge and recognizing that things were going to slip away, right? Because the NFL says, uh, we're not going anywhere. 
Texas said, hey, how about 50% capacity? Yeah, you like that 50% capacity. So the pressure was get something done, get basketball back in full effect. The draft will be on my birthday, so we'll have a big celebration. Oh, uh, look night. at you. So that, oh, it's so a, it's a be big day for the Knicks and your birthday. That's awesome. That's right. And whoever the next Bulls coaches. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. all of those things. You'll get Tom Thibodeau again. <laughs> you know what? I'd be okay with that until <laughs> about mid-March when guys uh, are breaking down. Uh, but, him or Scotty Pippen. Bring back Maybe they bring Noah. back Scotty because of la- just bring back everybody from the last dance, and that's your coaching staff. You know what? That would actually be kind of entertaining uh, to go along that process and, and see how that works. But, uh, yeah, it, it's – it's a huge day. Obviously, there's nothing was going to be perfect, and we stipulated that out long ago. It was just what's your risk assessment? How do you implement your plans for the quasi-bubble city, and what does it all mean? And get your superstars to the dance, and that's what they did a really good job of doing. Now, before we get to what the reality of the situation could be. Now we can also talk about fun stuff like who's going to be the favorites. You know, the Lakers still the overall favorites because they seem to figure it all out right before the coronavirus hit. You know, they didn't really add anybody, uh, but they figured out their team. And boy, sometimes that's just as valuable as adding a valuable piece. Uh, You know, is it going to be Lakers Clippers that we were going to get to, which is what we were expecting for the longest time. But the big wrinkle today, which was really fun, was the odds of the Nets went from 500 to 1 to win the NBA title down to 60 to 1 because potentially Kevin Durant could come back to play. So could Kyrie Irving, who's been out yep, since having yep, shoulder yep, surgery. Yep, yep. But Durant is clearly the big domino who is not playing. How much fun is it to talk about this finally? Hey, can they can the Nets win win it all with Kevin Durant? Oh my god, I got goosebumps just having fun talking about this. Uh, you know, Durant could come back after tearing his Achilles in the NBA Finals last year. Potentially he could play depending on how the season goes. And right now the Nets are a playoff team. Uh, it would be incredibly exciting. But now, like I said, it's great to get back to a big sports take. I'm not going to buy the Nets winning the title because just suddenly them coming back is not going to be enough to get through the Eastern Conference and to get through the Bucks. Look, the Lakers needed most of the season with Anthony Davis was brand new, and they finally figured out how to be elite elite in the last three weeks to a month before the break for the coronavirus. So suddenly the Nets are going to figure it all out, and, and KD and Kyrie are going to show up, and they're going to run through the Eastern Conference. If they play, could they win a little bit more? Sure, but I think when they get to the cream of the crop and they're playing a team like they could be playing they could go out to the Celtics as well if once they get to the top we get to the end of the playoffs there you get into the conference semifinals and finals I think they would fall short if they had Durant and Kyrie Irving back yeah it's it's just fun fodder though right something we theorized a long time ago with a little bit of a delay and now you've had all of this time and it's still another eight weeks it makes for an interesting extra storyline to follow, right? Is he in basketball shape? Uh, Kyrie is a whole other question mark, but, you know, you, you get the Slim Reaper back in. I mean, I got to get the nickname in because it's one of the best nicknames in all of sports that doesn't belong to a wrestler. That if we can get him back in, I mean, that that's a whole other level of – notoriety publicity for the NBA playoffs and the end of this season. I mean, I'm curious to see in the end how the schedule plays out. I know Memphis was a little bit salty, but on that Eastern bracket, it could open up, right? If Durant is anywhere near 100%, you give him a a puncher's chance uh, going from 500 to 60 to 1. 
you know, they, you, now you're still saying there's a snowball's chance in hell, uh, but it still makes for entertaining fodder. And anytime you can get another superstar back on the court, you know, we we all celebrate. That that's what it's all about, right? It's a star-driven league. And well, here's another team that, as of right now, has zero sizzle. One or both of those guys gets back on the court, Smith. Come on, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Oh well, listen. Like I said, now this is the fun stuff. I mean, I mean, this is the fun stuff now when we're talking about odds and if, can Kevin Durant come back and wreck the playoffs? It's so much fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great, great thing to be able to get to this level and have this kind of sports conversation that's not, well, when the NFL starts in three months, this is what I think, or when this comes back. No, now we know, hey, we got, uh, you know, about a month and a half, a little bit over a month and a half until we get to the beginning of the NBA season. And that's going to be fun. And now we're talking about legitimate things on the court and it's awesome at the same time look if I'm not buying the nets if I'm not buying them getting all the way to the finals look that's a that's a great conversation we're on the court the off the court stuff also is a big enough part of it and that's the other part of what's going on today uh the Jason Smith show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios um Adam Silver went on NBA on TNT tonight and talked about how certain coaches might not be able to be on the bench when play does resume. Alvin Gentry, Pelicans head coach, said that doesn't make sense. How can I coach that way? Uh, Gentry, who's 65, says he doesn't think older coaches should be singled out. Now, I understand the first part of it for him, and that's that if, if it's too dangerous, why are we playing? No, that's right. If it's it's too dangerous, why why, why are we doing this, right? So I I completely get Alvin Gentry. This is how I coach. you got to set it up so I can coach effectively social distance-wise. Don't sit here and tell me I'm not going to be on the bench. I get that for Alvin Gentry. I get why he's pissed off about it. Yeah, you you got to figure out a way for it. If I'm going to talk to a guy, you got to make sure the the area where we're going to sit is bigger and we can social distance and we can do this or we can find a way to be safe because everybody is together and we're all supposedly self-quarantined. So this is where I tell Alvin Gentry, tell the NBA, no, you got to figure that crap out yourself. That, you know, if if it's safe to play, it's safe to play, you know, so that's how we got to do it. But at the same time, it's not just all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. It's not all just doom and gloom. It's all part of, it's all part of the same thing. And I keep coming back to, are we going to go through all of this only to get to the point where, well, here we are practicing and three players from this team test positive for COVID-19 and three players from this team are positive for COVID-19. And can we continue to go on? We, we just have schools coming back now. Uh, colleges are coming back to practice. And you're finding players who are just working out together for the first time are coming down with COVID-19. We had five cases earlier today. So that that's my one fear is that are we doing this and we're going to get to the point where once everybody gets there and we're testing every day because you can't not test, right? That's the one thing. You can't not test and hide the numbers like potentially you could do outside of sports. you got to test every day. And are we getting to the point where we're just going to have players test and you're going to have people test positive? It's going to be, well, we can't play. I mean, this is why it's got to be so careful to do this because there's one chance to have sports come back. And if the NBA comes back first and they wind up playing and it winds up getting shut down because too many people test positive for coronavirus, that's going to be it for MLS. That'll be it for Major League Baseball, all of these things. And, you know, like I said, it's great. It's fun. But there's the realistic conversation, too. And that's one thing I'm thinking is that are we just going to go back and go through the motions and then, hey, we have three cases here and two cases here and. We'll try to isolate and move on, but then if somebody else gets it and somebody else gets it and somebody else gets it seriously, whether it's a coach or somebody else, uh, are we really going to be able to play? So, I mean, that, well, that's kind of a part of everything going on with the NBA returning. 
Well, I think those are the most important questions to ask of Adam Silver and every other commissioner at this point, right? We've talked about risk assumption a lot. And for me, you know, given how we have to traverse many weary miles from homes to studio choice, obviously our choice, uh, there's a lot that happens on the freeways of Los Angeles. I don't know that anybody uh, hasn't seen uh, some of the chicanery that goes on on a, on a day-to-day basis or just walking outside your house, wherever you are across the country. You know, you, you just don't know. I mean, so it's the, the question of how much risk are they willing to assume how much is built in? What what was the agreement with the Players Association and the Coaches Association to that end, you know, related to positive tests and what it means for the league in the restart? Because I can't believe from a liability standpoint or with the number of many high-priced lawyers like Montgomery Burns uh, would have at his ready, right, all the, the long table, that they're going forward without having thought about all these things. All right, what's our what's our exposure how many players, you know, what's what's critical mass to shut this back down? So I, I, I don't know that they'll put those out in the public, but those are the, the most important questions that we go through, right? You talked about the, the players getting together earlier. Well, are they asymptomatic? Not that it reduces a positive step uh, or positive test, but it's still something to know, right? It's more data points because – at some point, you're opening it up, right? Bit by bit, we've been going, and you've got now got the city of Chicago even up to stage three. Here in Los Angeles, you've had great strides uh, in terms of opening up restaurants and trying to get businesses back in full effect. So you're seeing it in two places that seemed reticent to do so. So in doing so, you're assuming some risk and the likelihood of an increase in positive tests. So now you've got to put that line in the sand of, all right, does which superstar? Are we going to grade superstars based on positive tests, right? off oh, one of the guys on this list, and I'm being facetious. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's where we're at is still trying to figure out what's right. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Uh, as we do every night on the show here, we, we try to strike the balance between what's going on in the world, what's going on in the world of sports. And, you know, clearly tonight's a big night for us. Sports is our business. We're talking about the NBA. We're going to be talking about Drew Brees and Jake Fromm coming up in a few minutes. But, of course, our thoughts are never more than a a blink away from what is going on in our country the protests that are going on and video is is hitting the internet this hour of uh, police officers pushing a protester to the ground in buffalo in niagara square his head hits the ground you can see it bleeding it is an it's an awful video and you know looks and we're still not okay in the United States and we still have to move forward and we still have to figure out a way to do things better. And when I see things like this, I go, can we just stop hurting people? Can we just stop hurting people? Can, can, can we stop hitting people and, and knocking them over? And, and when they're not a threat, when there's one man who is trying to talk to a, a group of 50 police officers, do we need to do that when the man is older and he's clearly an older guy? Do we need to do that? It's really something that we continue to go on it's every five minutes is something new in our country and like i said we do sports but we also are about humanity and what is going on so we're going to kind of strike that balance throughout the show tonight and again our thoughts with everybody and the nights of protest curfews and especially with what's going on uh in buffalo in the buffalo area uh in the past hour or so 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never 
going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There was no bigger story a day ago than Drew Brees, Saints quarterback who, doing a Yahoo Finance interview, said he will never agree with people who disrespect the American flag, an allusion to Colin Kaepernick, who, of course, very famously knelt in protest of police brutality, which is kind of why we're at where we're at right now after the killing of George Floyd. So it's kind of ironic that Drew Brees is talking about standing up and, and, and doing things right when he disagrees with a protest that was meant to stop what happened to George Floyd and what is going to hopefully not continue to happen in the United States. When we talked about this last night, we told you that Drew Brees is going to have to apologize. It was just the way it was going to have to happen, and today he did. And the thing is, before we get to Drew Brees' apology, Mike, is that It doesn't matter if you say Drew Brees has nothing to apologize for or Drew Brees has everything to apologize for. I felt he's got a lot to apologize for. There are many people who want to defend him and say it's freedom of speech and Drew Brees can say what he wants to. And yeah, okay, but you have to understand what freedom of speech is. Freedom of speech means that you're allowed to use use your words, say what you want to without having to worry about retaliation, censorship, or legal sanction, right? That's freedom of speech. What it doesn't free you from is responsibility and the responsibility of what happened after Breeze said what he said. He had so many players in the National Football League come down on him. People who said, I was friends with you. How dare you say this? How, don't you see what's going on in this country right now? Your comments are all tone deaf. And this is why it didn't matter if you thought Breeze had something to apologize for or not. This is the reality. Drew Breeze found himself being someone who couldn't walk back into the Saints locker room unless he apologized and realized that, okay, what I said at the very least was incredibly tone deaf, and I didn't think about the support that my teammates and my brothers on the field need at this time. So no matter what, he needed to do it because of the reaction to what he said. So you could say, you don't have to apologize for. Well, he wasn't going to be quarterback of the Saints if he didn't say something today and try to at least move on from there. Well, I, th- I think in the end, he, he really didn't apologize for what everybody jumped on him for. So let's, let's get to that first and foremost as related to the flag and disrespecting the flag. Because if you go back and listen to that whole clip from Yahoo Finance yesterday, most of what Drew Brees said is the same as what he said today, mm-hmm. talking about systemic racism and the need for change and the long fight and standing with you know his his black teammates and and people across this country that he he'd already addressed and in his many attempts at apologies today right because you have the statement followed by the video followed by i'm sure he'll issue one as i speak it's you're still not addressing that that first part which was the your feeling that it's a, a drew Brees, that is that it's disrespecting the flag and if that's how he feels, that they're not going to argue that out of him, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, he said multiple times. He said it on Dan Patrick a couple of years ago, and he said it back in 2016 that I will never, you know, be okay with the disrespect. 
and, and those were his terms and how he felt about the kneeling p- protest of Colin Kaepernick and the other players of the NFL. So he really never stood up for that. So everybody that you know took the apology and took him as heartfelt, look, he's done a lot of good things, mm-hmm. right? He's spoken with his actions in the past. He's spoken with his wallet and helping build New Orleans, a lot of communities that were absolutely obliterated post-Katrina. So he's done a lot of good things. The, the flag conversation is one that will continue, right? You had Shannon Sharp on FS1 calling for his retirement. And that was after the apology, the first of today. So I, I don't know that, you know, a lot of folks have said, hey, this is where we're at. There's going to be a lot more conversations. This certainly isn't the end of it. No, and we're going to play a little bit of Drew Brees' apology for you because he apologized first in a statement and he talked about supporting his teammates and, and, and went on in great detail and then doubled down later on. Okay, it wasn't enough. He put this out on Instagram just a little while ago. I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now. But I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people, especially friends, teammates, former teammates, loved ones, people that I care and and respect deeply. That was never my intention. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change in regards to legislation and so many other things to bring equality to our black communities. I am sorry, and I will do better, and I will be part of the solution, and I am your ally. And I know no words will do that justice. So that was part of his his apology today, saying I need to do things. And, and, and he's right, because it's not about just saying I'm sorry or saying I need to do better. The apology always has to be bigger than the offense, right, to know that you're, you're serious about it. If you, if you wrong someone, quote, uh, then your apology needs to be more than just an equal amount. You have to show that this is why I'm sorry. So now maybe we get Drew Brees doing more things and doing something different than he has done before. But the issue with, with Brees and with Jake Fromm, who we're going to get to coming up in a second, Bill's rookie quarterback, who was a star at Georgia for a long time, is that how many times can a guy say, this is not who I am? You know, I, I, this is not who I am. I, I'm not this guy. I'm, this is not me. I, I, I should not have said this. When you're a pretty smart dude, and, you know, Drew Brees, you've talked to the cameras for a long time. You know, it's not your first year in the NFL, and, boy, I really don't get what it is about being a quarterback, why people care what I say so much. You're a pretty smart guy. How many guys – how many times can you say – can you hear somebody say, oh, that's not me? If you know me, that's not me at all. If you're comfortable talking in front of a microphone, if you've done this for a while, I'm sorry, but – people aren't going to buy your apology. And I don't think they should. I mean, is it good that he did it? Absolutely. Will some people buy it? Absolutely. But because there's so many people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this is not me. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, if, if you want to really go in and, 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 and talk about this, okay, why did you say this? What, why about what upsets you about Colin Kaepernick? Let's get more into the Colin Kaepernick situation of it. So no matter what you do, there's always going to be people who say, yeah, but are you for real? Are, are, are you fake? Well, you know, what, what is this? And I can't blame that. I can't blame that reaction because we hear it so much. It's, it's the same thing when you hear a guy uh, get busted for PEDs. Oh, I didn't know what I was taking had anything in it. Really? Really? You know, how, you know the penalty for taking steroids and what that? No, I didn't know. I just put stuff in my body. I don't know. I just put it. I don't, I don't care what it is. I just put it right in my body. I don't, it doesn't even matter. I just, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put whatever in. I'll, I'll eat, drink, whatever. You get to the point where you go, really? 
I'm finding it hard to believe that you didn't know what you were taking, what you were doing. And that's where we're going to get to with a lot of people because how many of you, yeah, oh, that's not me. I didn't mean this. I'm not this. I'm not that. Uh, okay, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty common refrain to hear just a little bit too much. Yeah, I think at the end uh, for Drew Brees, at this point he's got to take Malcolm Jenkins' advice and just shut the blank up because nothing he says is going to make anything any better. Right, This is going to teammate to teammate and community to community in Louisiana and wherever his reach is. Right, People have talked about his post-career ambitions and the conversation of working with the media and, oh, that's all blown up. It's like, we'll see. We'll see. Time heals wounds, and he has time and, and opportunity to do right uh, in, in people's eyes. Uh, and, and certainly, look, he's done a lot. Right, he's he's used his platform uh, in many things. In this case, he's got a differing of opinion, and it should have been nuanced. Right, we talk about these things all the time. These are not simple black and white issues. I hate to use the term black and white, but that's that's what it is. Right, it's not. There's all sorts of shades of gray in terms of how people come at it. And, and in the end, right, we know there is one blanket statement that is it applies to all of these conversations racism is wrong institutional racism is wrong period and now we got to figure out how to make it better for drew Brees, he makes it about the flag and the disrespect of the flag you know what and there's a certain percentage of the country that you're never going to change their mind on that mm-hmm. and in neither of his statements Uh, And apologies today. Did he indicate that that was the case? Talked about the empathy and all those other things he needs to be better at, but really never apologized for what got people inflamed in the first place. So, you know, it's one of those. It becomes a distraction for 24, 48 hours. Now he's got to go be about it and be better. And to put Jake Fromm in with this, too, because it's really the same thing. You know, look, Jake Fromm is a, is a kid who, uh, you know, is still trying to find his way in the NFL. He fell all the way through the draft, which surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And today he got in a lot of trouble and had to apologize because a text message that he had sent back and forth with a friend a year ago became public. Uh, screenshots emerged in which he said that only, quote, elite white people should be able to purchase guns. Now, this is a conversation that took place last Last year was put on Twitter early Thursday morning involved from and a friend discussing guns from wrote on the text message. But no guns are good. They need to they need to let me get suppressors. Just make them very expensive. So only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. He went on after this blew up today to apologize. I'm extremely sorry. I chose the words elite white person in a text message conversation. I never meant to imply that. There's no excuse for that word choice and sentiment. I stand against racism 100%, and I promise to commit myself to being part of the solution in this country. Again, is he being real or is he being fake? Now, it could. you're sending a text message with somebody. This is a private text message that maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a complete joke. Uh, yeah, we, who knows what the conversation was all about, what it's like with a friend. But maybe this is a joke that is tinged with how he really believes. This is, and this got out. Was this the coolest way for it to get out? Here's a text message that was private. No, but it got out. It's kind of like Donald Sterling. Was it really the cool way for him to be recorded? And here comes a, a, a video and audio out of him being racist. No, but it got out. So we have to 
to deal with it. And, you know, Fromm is the same way. Is Fromm being being real here or was he more real with his text? Was he not as real with his text and this is what it is for, for Jake Fromm? You know, I don't know. And so when that question is out there for you, when it's out there for Drew Brees and Jake Fromm, are you real or are you fake? It's about what you do now. All right. Are we going to see you do something and use your power and your influence to make things better? Are we going to see you spearhead a video like the Packers put out today about fighting racial injustice and making sure that everybody knows racism is not something that anybody should stand for? Are you going to have actions? Because when something like this happens, your words that you hurt a lot of people with aren't enough. So now let me see. Did you really learn your lesson or was this I screwed up on social media? I apologize on social media. Can't we just forget about this and go on? No, you you, you made a big hornet's nest of things, so now let's see what you're about. That's the only way you're going to convince people, okay, you're a real dude, and I get what you're saying. You made a mistake, and I see how you're making up for it. This is awesome. But for Breeze and Fromm, it's about what happens now, and that's the key for both of them. Well, and for Fromm, look, Breeze has been living in the public eye for 20 years, right? You've, you've known a lot of who he is, where he goes, who he associates with, all of those things that we talk about. Jake Fromm, now it's going to be, let's go talk to his friends. Let's go see what we can get. What else is there from social media? What else can you glean from, from those pages? That's what's going to happen. Uh, and so for, for Jake Fromm, he's going to have a lot of questions to answer from the veterans in that Buffalo locker room via Zoom and however they're meeting during this time. But it's certainly something that will need to be addressed. And, you know, like we always say on, on Twitter and social media and the word to the wise, and this is what you have to pass down to your kids. I certainly tell my daughters all the time. It's like nobody, nobody knows how sarcastic you are. Right. You I've got a spit bucket under my chair at Fox Sports Radio because of the amount of sarcasm that rolls off our our uh, out of my mouth. Uh, certainly when we're on air. Problem is, you know, unless people are listening and pay attention, they may not know it's sarcasm. And certainly when it's printed in a tweet or a text message. You have no idea how it's going to be interpreted. So make sure you advise of that. The sarcasm font has not yet been invented uh, to protect you or semi-shield you from such experiences. Jake Fromm is learning the hard way. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now on the hotline for more on this story, when you hear poison, you know it can only be one man. CollegeFootballNews.com insider extraordinaire, the owner and proprietor of CollegeFootballNews.com, your one-stop shopping for everything college football and beyond. It's Pete Futak. Pete, what's happening, my friend? And I was a roadie, I believe, at one time for elite white people. Oh, wait, no, average oh. white band. That's the, oh, wow. that's the av- <laughs> You got an average I, I, white band joke. I, wow. I, yeah, you- I'm sorry. That's it. Interesting okay. times we're living in here. Interesting stuff happening. Now, I do want to take uh, a little bit of task with the way you kind of introduce introduce that. I kind of think there is a difference. Now, I'm not condoning anything that Jake Fromm said or anything like that. I think there's kind of a difference, or at least there has to be seen a difference, between a tweet and a text. Because one's a private conversation, and you don't really know 
who he's texting with and the out in the context. Again, I'm not condoning what he said or anything. It was okay, and have, putting something out there for the rest of the world to see in social media. So there's a little bit of apples and oranges, and, but I, I kind of always have a problem when anybody's private conversation is outed. It just it, that that doesn't sit right. But again, obviously, you can't. You know, that's just a bad look for one Jake Fromm. Well, the thing is, though, Pete, is that you go back to Donald Sterling, who was that sure. a private conversation? Uh, yes, but it got out. It's kind of like the philosophy of if you have a, a dog in your backyard and you keep it chained up and you keep the the gate locked and you have a sign that says "Beware of dog." And okay. But if the dog somehow gets out and bites the mailman, well, you know what? You did everything you could, but the dog still got out, so now you got to deal with it. You know, so I feel like Jake Fromm saying what he said, you still have to really deal with it because it was it the coolest sure. way for something to get out? No, but now you really have to deal with it because people are wondering, is this who you are? Is the apology who you are? Are you being real or are you fake? And that's what he's got to deal with. It's yeah. It's especially right now among any other. If this, if we did not have what else is going on in the world happening right now, he would be trending and he'd get ripped for it. But it would not take on the the significance that it has. So again, I, I'm not saying that any part of what he said was fine or I agree with it in any way. I just kind of personally sort of always kind of cringe when it is a private conversation as opposed. And like it's different if. The public good is at stake, or there, you do have like a Donald, or you have something where you know it's a, a position of power is taking advantage of something, you be, and that gets out. That's to me, it's a, that's different than a guy goofing around with his friend and saying something ridiculously stupid. I just, I don't know, I kind of cringe a little bit at private conversations being outed. Pete, one of those, uh, well, conversations that never happened. Uh, Mike Dorvell, new Florida Hi. State Seminoles coach, uh, claiming he yep. reached out to players. This gets out, and one by one, the players all come forward saying, hey, uh, not true. Uh, is his tenure there over before it starts? No, you know what? And this is what we're – what have we learned? It's kind of the, the big question, okay, you know, and I stick to sports sort of way, okay, how does everything that's going on relate possibly now – uh, to the world of college football. And what this kind of shows is if you're a head coach, you had better have rock-solid communication and know that the lines are open between you and your players at all times. It should be that way anyway, but especially going forward, because finally, in a very, very good way, players are going to be able to feel more empowered. They're going to be able to say more. They're not good. It's not just going to be, well, we're going to keep this in house and, you know, players don't feel like they're going to have a voice. You know, it's different than it even is for the pros because the pros, you're either, you know, grown men paid lots of money and you have a player's union, you have represent. It's a whole different infrastructure uh, that you can go to if you have a grievance. If you're a college kid, you kind of don't have that. So, and the other thing to remember, I, I'm not saying you know, anything is wrong in all this necessarily, but these are also still very social media savvy college kids. And what do they do? They will tweet and they will post stuff instantly. And if there's no, if you don't have a rapport with your coaches and the coaches have a rapport with their players, and you saw what happened today where. Look, you know, Mike Norvell gave an interview. His overall statement was spot on, except for when he said the, what was it, uh, 
uh, back and forth, I think was the term with his players, which he never had. And so then it makes the rest of his comments look insincere. And Marvin Wilson, the captain of the team, you know, calls him out on that, you know, and on, on Twitter, which if that wasn't squashed quickly, which Norvell apparently did, and Marvin Wilson did tweet out later, send out Instagram or something, saying the effect of it. So, you know, we, we worked it out, we talked it over, and things are okay now. Uh, so fortunately, you know, so hopefully it's an all is well that ends well thing. But you need to have that line of communication open with your players so that doesn't happen that way in the first place. And then from the player's side going forward, there's going to have to be a little bit of responsibility here knowing that if you send something out on social media where you are questioning a coach for anything, uh, anything, there's a chance you're going to ruin that guy's career. And it, it very well may be justified. And that's, again, this is a, a great thing that players are going to finally be able to not you know, be held in check by coaches or systems or infrastructures uh, that they are going to be allowed to talk more. But at the same time, if you're a coach, you got to make sure that your players know that if they're mad about something, they got to be be comfortable enough to come to you first. So it doesn't become a all day trending thing like it was today for Norvell. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com, owner, proprietor, and longtime college football insider. All right, so from that, Pete, obviously, you know, now we, we had that part of the day, and then we have the uh, COVID-19 as, as college football tries to really get its legs under themselves to have a season this year. Uh, now we're starting to see some teams coming back, working out every, you know, as, as they get back together. No students are on campus, so it's still okay to have football players come and work out. Uh, Alabama has already had a handful of COVID-19 cases come up. It's just players working out right now, and you have a handful of cases. And this is something we talked about earlier in the show when it comes to the the basketball season and everything else. And, you know, listen, I'm hoping everything works out, and I'm going to enjoy sports however long it's here. But there's part of me that says, are we just going to go to the point where – okay, we're coming back, and then we're going to find out that here's some positive coronavirus tests because you can't get rid of it, and eventually sports is just not going to happen because already this is a, a spot where you're supposed to have players, hey, th- this is supposed to be the good time, right? Hey, if you're, if you're not symptomatic and everything is okay, let's go work out, and here we are, and uh, Alabama's been working out for how long? A couple of days, and now you have yep. five players who test positive. I, it just doesn't fill me with the, all the confidence that we're going to get to come back, play, and have a season. They don't have it. They, they, for all the happy talk and the, we're opening things up and we're uh, going to let players back in, the conference commissioners have no plan. They, they're basically kind of saying, well, if somebody gets sick, we're going to quarantine them here, here, here. Okay. Like, just it, speaking just from a sports way, what happens if, if it's Alabama, the night before Alabama versus Georgia? And all of a sudden, the night before, they find out that three Alabama players test positive uh, for COVID-19. What do you do? You have to kind of shut down the whole team. You know, you have to cut your contract tracing, contact tracing is going to go all the way throughout the whole entire team. And how about the team that played the week before and the week before that? That team's probably going to have to be shut down. And so that affects that extra game. It's a mess. So what I don't get, and, it's, and my anger in this is just that how the lack of ingenuity here, and they're just sort of saying, oh, we're just going to play things like they are going forward is that the only way this works and the only way the NBA seems to be able to figure this and figure this out is they said, look, 
we have to basically quarantine and test all the players first and then essentially lock them down and quarantine them so they don't get infected. And that's the only way this can kind of happen. And the infrastructure there is far easier than football. I don't know why they just, the schools just don't say, look, let's just be honest here. If we want to have college football, which we need for our revenues, we got to say, okay, college football players, you are going to be tested first and you are locked down for the next four months. And it's not just about the players. It's about that, you know, 67-year-old offensive coordinator who you know, probably hasn't seen a salad or his feet in the last 20 years. You know, you just, it's the other parts of this that are, are kind of the scary part. And God forbid a player dies. And for all the, you know, the Cavalier attitudes here, hey, yeah, we're going to play this. You saw what happened in Maryland when Jordan McNair passed away. Well, if it comes out, if it starts to happen and some kid – some college football player gets COVID-19 and dies, then it's an epic of all epic scandals, especially if what's kind of being sort of rumored is that they're not going to necessarily test the players during the season. Why? Because it costs a lot. So heaven forbid you're not dropping 50K a year to test all the players before every game, and then you give an assistant coach uh, an extra 100K bonus or something or you know, a head coach and extra something for the and just there's a whole lot of PR nightmares here and they just do not have it in any way, shape or form. And, and believe me, nobody needs college or wants college football more than I do. And it just the fact that they just don't seem to have a plan is just so maddening. Meanwhile, strike up the band and bust out Bevo in Texas. We're talking fifty percent capacity, Pete. What do you think? All right. All right. You know what? It's I, I am going to be shocked. It'll be interesting to see, and it's, you're kind of seeing how this is all playing out on a, a national scale with businesses, where who's going to want to necessarily go to games and go to sit among other people, and who's got the disposable income you know, to go to eight or nine games a year or travel or do all the things that college football fans do. Uh, it's, it's going to be, this is not going to be business as usual in any way, and there's something a little bit, I don't want to say sinister about it, but there's something that's just a little bit uh, just delusional about kind of how this is all working here. Because, again, we don't know what's coming next. You know, with everything else that's going on in the world, it's still been kind of swept under the rug that a 1,000 people a day are dying right now from COVID-19. And who knows what kind of you know, flare-ups are going to be across the country after all the gatherings. And who knows what's going to happen next from all this. And everything in the college campus, like we ever, everyone went crazy over that Lake of the Ozarks thing after Memorial Day weekend. Well, wait till college campuses open up and everyone goes to house parties. You know, so, again, hopefully everything's just fine, but there's just no plan for what happens. Or you just say, which just seems to be you know, part of the argument here, okay, people are going to get sick, and okay, we're just going to go forward anyway because pretty much not everybody dies, but a lot of people die, but not everybody, so we're just going to go forward with this anyway. So it, it's, this is going to be a really interesting next few months for the uh, sports world. You can follow on Twitter at Pete Futek. That is at Pete Futek, the editor, proprietor, grand poobah of collegefootballnews.com. Your one-stop shopping for college football. Pete, as always, buddy, appreciate it. And uh, I, it was too late to try to grab to play you off with a song from the average white band. So we will uh, we'll, we'll maybe do that for you next week. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Be good, buddy. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.